Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Urich. I am the founder of 1000 Hours Outside and I'm here with a friend today. So thrilled to be here with a friend today. Ainsley Arment, welcome. Thank you, Jenny. You know that I've been looking forward to this forever. So I'm thrilled. <laughs> I have been too. Thrilled, thrilled, thrilled you, you've been uh, you've been busy writing a book, uh, another book, um, and so I know you've been doing edits and all that type of stuff. So I'm so glad we can connect. You are the founder and leader of the Wild and Free, the Wild and Free movement, the community, the farm, the conferences. Ainsley, it's so impactful what you're doing, and I just wanted to share, even on a personal level, that my life has has been so enhanced by the relationships that I have made through the Wild and Free community. And so I just wanted to start off by saying thank you. Um, thank you from me and, and from so many other mothers who I'm sure would love to be able to have the opportunity to thank you in person. You know, I just had an experience with, with two Wild and Free moms in Texas and those relationships are so deep and they form very quickly and also between the children. So thank you. Thank you. Oh my you. gosh, it's so beautiful to see. I feel like I'm just a part of it. And it's just so fun to see all the relationships formed and the friendships. And when my friends become friends with each other and they meet up, it just last weekend when you were hanging out with those moms, it just filled my heart so much. So it's really neat. Yeah, it's a gift. It is a gift that you've given the world. You've given the gift of community. And so I am so thankful. Can you can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about Wild and Free and sort of your journey uh, to this amazing thing that you started? Yeah, I never know where to start with myself. So we'll just go back to the fact that I have three, uh, five kids. I'm married to Ben. My kids range in age from six all the way up to almost 18. Um, Millie, Annie, Cody, Dylan, and Wyatt, youngest to oldest. Um, So poor Cody, he's always in the middle and never, doesn't matter if I reverse the order there, but... (laughs) We've got the same. Um, Yeah. So, um, yeah, five kids. We did not, um, you know, wild and free wasn't something that was on our horizon when we started having kids. And um, I just loved being a mom and being involved with, you know, whatever business my husband and I were dreaming up at the time. But um, when my oldest was in the first grade, I started just getting this stirring um, inside me that, Um, just started thinking about the idea of homeschooling for the first time. So I was the mom that said, I would, I mean, I never considered homeschooling my kids. Uh, Just thought, you know, they go to school because that's what kids do. And we're just going to make it fun. I was super involved, you know, tried to be the room mom and my, you know, went to preschool and then pre-K and, um, but sometime in first grade, I think, you know, my son was six years old. Uh, which is crazy to think about now, my youngest being six, but um, there's just a shift, you know, he's doing well in school. Um, Teachers liked him, you know, he was a good student, but I just sort of saw what I describe as the light going out in his eyes. Um, Just that um, wide-eyed wonder and innocence and um, enthusiasm for learning and exploring just was getting dimmer by the day. And I didn't really blame school for it. um, But I knew that that was taking up a huge chunk of his day that I wasn't a part of. And he was coming home exhausted. And we were getting the worst of each other, whether it was rushed getting to the bus stop in the morning or coming home and being tired and just needing to give him a little downtime 
before we started homework and then eating dinner and then either going to, you know, soccer practice or getting ready for bed. So just felt like, um, you know, so much of his childhood um, had, was gone and he was so young. And it wasn't that we were, you know, we had a bad life. It was just that I thought he needs a childhood. He's six years old. And so my desire to homeschool wasn't for maybe some people's reasons of, you know, educational or um, them struggling in school. But for me, it was about giving his childhood back, even if that meant just a year that we would pull him out, give him a year to be a kid. And my husband wasn't totally on board right away. Um, but after just saying like, look, what's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> sure. Um, we pull him out. We read some books together. We keep him up with math. If it's a horrible experiment, we'll put him back next year and just pretend like the whole thing never happened. It felt like that was safe. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we did. And that was 11 years ago. And um, each year uh, just ended up being a great experience that led to a different year. And each year has been a, a totally new experience in and of themselves. So we kind of always said we'd take it one year at a time, but I'm a lifer at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And so then along the way, at some point, uh, you started Wild and Free. Yeah. So about maybe three or four years in, um, I started just sharing some of our, maybe it was before then, but I don't remember exactly, but we, I started just sharing some of the things that we were doing day to day on Instagram. I mean, Instagram was kind of um, in its prime back then. And you, when we connect, when we connected with other people on Instagram, it felt like um, we were connecting over similar things. Like you found the people that felt like your people and we became kind of online friends. And so as I started posting just what we did day to day in our homeschooling, which for us wasn't just sitting in our house, replicating the classroom at the kitchen table, although we did that for certain portions of the day, um, not every day, but, you know, throughout the week, we enjoyed, you know, coming together for crafts or books or lessons. But for the most part, I always thought if we were going to be homeschooling our kids, I wanted to do things that they couldn't get in school. So it was getting outside. It was going on adventures, taking lots of field trips, um, thinking about the kind of experiences I wanted my kids to have rather than what um, information I could put inside of them. Hmm. Uh, so that's kind of what we did. And as I shared this, I started getting questions like, well, when do you do school or I wish that we could do that, but we don't have time. Or um, when do you do school? And I found that it was kind of hard to um, explain that for us, this was school. This was what we were doing to get an education and to explore the world and to be a part of, um, you know, just the greater world, but also doing things that would enhance our learning. You know, when we could, sat down at the table first thing in the morning and the kids didn't want to sit still because they were, you know, seven, five, and three, we just got outside. And then if we came back in, we could read a story because everyone was tired. They could eat a snack. Um, so we kind of just went with, um, I felt like we were just going with what worked for my kids. But as we started to explore more and get together with other families, um, Wild and Free, 
um, kind of emerged just from saying who wants to get together and share some of these ideas and swap ideas. And maybe we'll bring in some people that um, could speak. And we had our first event and it was really small. And then we thought, you know, we wondered whether we would do it again, but we weren't sure. So we just Mm. said, we'll see. But we started putting together resources that um, would inspire like nature journaling, tutorials, book clubs, things that could give us experiences with our kids. So that's sort of how the Wild and Free content bundle started, was just trying to think about all the things that we did, experiences that we could put in and share with other people. So that was in 2014. Wow. And you have just done so much. I have your book here. I actually have, um, I have a lot of your books, actually. Uh, I have (laughs) this one in two versions. Uh, Look at you. This is Wild and Free, Reclaiming Wonder in Your Child's Education. And I just, I want to point out, I mean, you have an, a new book coming out in August called Wild and Free Family. This is, is geared toward home educating families. However, uh, you talk about how home homeschooling is just an extension of parenting. And so really, your resources are such great parenting resources as well. And obviously, you definitely dive into different components of homeschooling, but there's so much to get out of your books uh, just for any parent. And then and then here we go, Ainsley. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four. Ainsley, these are phenomenal. Uh, Ainsley has um, is part of sort of the Wild and Free brand. I actually, I just, I think, well, you said maybe I was your first pre-order. I just pre-ordered Wild and Free Family. It comes out in August. And it says in one of six, one of six. <laughs> I think that's so awesome. So these books are 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 gorgeous. They are guides to making book clubs and the holidays and handcrafts and nature. You have done so many things uh, since you kicked off Wild and Free. So um, I, I want to focus today on, on on the call of the Wild and Free book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can't wait in August to talk to you about your new one, Reclaiming Wonder in Your Child's Education, which is pertinent, I think, for every family. But one of the topics that kind of wove throughout um you talk about we talk about reclaiming childhood, but mm-hmm. a topic that went throughout the whole thing was reclaiming motherhood, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really interesting topic and not it's not talked about very much. Sort of this beauty of motherhood, and you say a stirring is happening in mothers all over the world. A desire for a simpler way of living and raising our children. We want to save their childhoods. We want to reclaim what's been lost over the past few decades. So it's always kind of this focus on children, but what do you think has been lost for mothers as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when I was a new mom, there was, an, I mean, I was so excited to be a mom. I didn't, I just loved babies and I couldn't wait to have my own baby. And when Wyatt was born, I remember he wasn't, a, he wasn't an easy baby. He had colic, he, all the things, um, didn't sleep, you know, <laughs> so, yep, yep. I relate. Um, he was, he was my first and it was a uh, trial by fire. And I just remember thinking my baby just needs me, you know, and there was a time where, um, you know, I couldn't soothe him because he had colic or whatever, but I still knew that my presence was really valuable in that moment. And I wasn't going to give up on the fact that I was, you know, that I was made to mother him, but it didn't take long before I started to feel insecure in that role. And it didn't come about, um, 
with any one thing, but kind of a series of things, whether it was the books I was reading to get my baby to sleep, or it was the people I was talking to at the playground that would, um, you know, act aghast that my child still nursed in the night at four months old, or um, that I rocked him to sleep, or I held him or whatever it was. Um, And soon I started just kind of doubting my instincts. And um, I think that that's what happens to all of us, whether it's motherhood, fatherhood, you know, why we take a step back, why we outsource is because there's enough that comes at us in life that um, just causes us to doubt. I mean, who are we, these imperfect people? Like, it's easy to just go with that and say, you're right. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm just a human being with all my own flaws. And here I am trusted to care for another human being. So um, not trusting ourselves is what leads us to outsource. And it's not that outside resources are helpful and beneficial and there aren't experts that can help us. But for me, it was about reclaiming my own motherhood um, all along the way, you know, in a million different ways. I had to choose, am I going to trust myself with my baby? Am I going to trust that stirring inside of me that six years old is too young to lose the wonder and the light in your eyes, to not be excited about learning, to not want to, you know, get outside and explore and all of those things. So it was, it was learning to trust myself again. And I think Mm -hmm. that in so many ways, um, and, and it still happens. I mean, it still happens to me, you know, every day we have choices, whether or not we're going to doubt, um, in, in, you know, what we're doing and we all reach those points. Um, so it's a choice. It's a choice to say that if I'm truly going to reclaim childhood, I have to reclaim motherhood. I have to know that my instincts still matter. And it doesn't mean that they're always right. It just matters that they're worth listening to and um, it's worth exploring. And if, if something doesn't seem okay, then maybe it's not okay. Um, So I think that that's been really beautiful to see, because that was my experience that so many people have said, Um, yeah, like in reclaiming childhood and deciding like, this is what we want for our kids. Like we've discovered our own curiosity. Again, we've discovered the joy of wonder and play and learning. And, and learned to trust, learn to trust in our own instinct. Right. There's so much growth that I wasn't expecting it either. You know, Mm -hmm. and Kim John Payne, he's got this, um, I think he ends um, his book, Simplicity Parenting. And he says, you know, in reclaiming childhood, you know, in rescuing childhood, he says, we're rescuing ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. day by day that inevitably we get rescued back. And so I love mm-hmm. that. I love that part of your book. Like, um, and you quote moms in your book, which is really a neat thing. You know, one of the moms said, a part of a part of me that was stolen has been given back. You know, here I am reliving years past and growing up right alongside my, my children. Uh, I didn't expect how much I would thrive. So, you know, what, what do you think it is about this sort of slowing down in this simple way? What do you think that is doing for moms? Mm, Yeah, I think that for me, I know it was just reconnecting with um, just a sense of self. Like how do, how do we get our kids to, you know, trust themselves to become independent, to follow their passions, to, um, to do all of the things that we want them to do if we aren't doing it 
also in first, you know, whether it's, and we all know this, right? Like if we want our kids to love reading, we have to love reading. We have to actually model reading, not just to them, but for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we want them to go outside and enjoy being outside in an age, maybe this hasn't always been the case, but in an age where screens are beckoning in every room, um, there's, you know, lots of reasons why being outside is uncomfortable, but if we want our kids to go, it's not just telling them to go, it's taking them or it's going out first. And when my little kid, my oldest boys were young, um, I remember just thinking, I, I didn't even have to say anything in the morning. I decided I'm not going to tell them to go outside, but I would just go outside. I go out, I'd sit on the pavement. I just sit down, I take some chalk and start coloring or I'd grab some bark and after the rain and the bark can make, you know, can act like chalk, like you can draw with it on the, on the pavement or I'd collect flowers or whatever it was, you know, I just go out there in the rain because I love the rain. So I'd go out in the rain and just stand there and in the, in a spring rain, but they would always come out and join me. And then I could actually slip away and they would stay for hours. And so I knew like, with my girls, they love to swing. So I just go out, we just have a wooden swing hanging from a tree. I just go out and swing. I mean, they're out there in 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they want to be where so, you are. I, yeah. I, you know, I had read this thing uh, years back about, there was a study that came out of California that said, no matter the size of your home, you know, your house is 10,000 mm-hmm. square feet. If it's 700 square feet, it was like, you know, the majority of the time I spent in 400 square feet, you know, if people yes. want to, they want to yes. be together and they want to be near mm-hmm. you. I like what you say about modeling. You know, I remember in my sort of view on sort of parenting and education has shifted over the years, you know, moving mm-hmm. more from being a director to modeling. And, you know, when I've got kids and they're nervous, you know, they're nervous to talk to, a, you know, a worker at a store, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, be brave, you know, you can do it. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. you know, then I'm like, okay, well, what are the things, where are the spots where I'm being brave? And, and, and so, you know, I started to do more, you know, I, everything makes me nervous. Right. I'm nervous about all the things, you know, and, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, but I'm like, well, this is giving me empathy toward my children because, you know, they're being brave in different ways and, and then I'm growing. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think, um, you know, this this point of it's mutually beneficial. You know, we slow down for our kids, but then we also mm-hmm. are slowing down for us and and we're trying new things for our kids or we're trying it for us as well. Um, you have a you have a quote in your book that I think that we don't hear very much. You said, I'm not eager for my kids to leave the house. This time with children is such a short season. There will be plenty of time for pedicures, Pilates, and Pinochle when they're grown up. And I don't see this as sacrificing my best years by devoting time to them. These are my best years. I can't imagine anything more rewarding than shaping another human's life and building a legacy. You know, what What would you say to a mom who wants to feel that way mm-hmm. but doesn't? Because I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of sentiment of wishing the years away because they're hard. Um, Mm And so I thought that this, this little paragraph was huge, you know, how, you Mm -hmm. know, what's your advice? How, how do we get to, to have that sentiment? Yeah. It's like the whole idea of, you know, the days are long and the years are short. And then people say, you know, I get, I feel that, but I just can't wait for bedtime. And we all feel that way. It's not something we don't feel 
um, and face all as mothers at some point. Maybe we don't all face it at the same time, but at some point we'll all reach that that breaking point yeah. or that that feeling. Um, but I do think it just comes back to you know what anchors me to my purpose and what I'm doing. And sometimes it takes getting away and going and, you know, getting the pedicure or going to a museum alone or whatever it is. Sometimes it does take pulling away for a little retreat, personal retreat to kind of regain your sense of self. Um, I love, I remember when you're at a wild and free conference, Julie Bogart was speaking and she challenged all the moms to think about their favorite flavor of yogurt. Because when was the last time you thought about your favorite flavor of yogurt when you were buying yogurt versus your children's favorite flavor? So the challenge was that everybody was going to go home and go to the store and buy their favorite flavor of yogurt. So I think about that. <laughs> What's too, yours? That- <laughs> Wait, I don't, I don't even know if I have one. What's yours? Well, I don't eat dairy so because of an allergy. So I was like, gosh. But I do love, if you don't eat dairy, um, the Coco June coconut yogurt. Um, are really good. Um, and then there's a in one that's my in like my personal indulgent um, treat, which is to um, oh gosh, what's the name? I think it's called Kulina, C-U-L-I-N-A. Um, but it's like $4 a jar, it comes in a little glass jar that's mini, but it has, there's all different flavors. They go on sale sometimes, but um, they have a flavor. My favorite flavor is the bourbon vanilla. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit BetterHelp.com slash 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 1000 hours. Okay. Okay. So everyone does have their favorite flavor. But it's I just it. mine. Yeah. But yes. You don't have one? Yeah. It, you know, it can be like the little things, though. I think yeah. that's the point, right? That the little things can do so much to sort of, you know, renew our soul. And and so your book, now this book, okay, Josh was like, I read it. I read it late. I was a little bit late to the game, Ainsley. <laughs> well, we were already a homeschool family. Yes. And it just was, it, you know, I was reading other things. And, and then we were getting together and I had the book and I'm like, I got to read the book. And and Josh was like, aren't you embarrassed that you're telling her that you're just reading it now? <laughs> and I was like, no, it's okay. I tell you what, this book blew me away, Ainsley. It is so beautiful. And um, and I just, I remember I opened a page one. I've got notes written all in here, but um, just right at the beginning, I mean, you're draw- it says, to the one who caught me reading long after bedtime and brought me a flashlight instead of taking my book, who stepped aside to make room for my wings, who saw my future before I could dream it, who loved my wild and let me be free. This is for you. And I was like, <gasps> like I was like videoing this. I was like, this book is fantastic. But it is just such a, a breath of fresh air for, for mothers, for parents. And one of the things I really loved um, – and this is in the hardcover. It was on page two, 203, but it talked about doing enough. This is Andrea. She said, when I did nothing but lie on the floor near my three children while they played, I did enough. When our day consisted of making cookies and reading picture books, I did enough. When I cried in front of them because it was impossible not to do, I did enough. When I had a neighbor help me get my children dressed because I could not do it myself, I did enough. I just think that your book helps people reclaim motherhood, mm. you know? Because it's so encouraging, uh, so it's beautiful. This book is this book is something else. I uh, I really just so enjoyed it. Um, okay, so one of the things that uh, you talk a lot about is how children learn. It's a big topic. This is there a big you topic. You say we may not always see the fruit of what they are learning, but make no mistake, our children are growing deep roots. Um, so it seems, though, that learning is not natural. It seems like it has to be forced. So where do you think that's coming from, and how do we sort of shift our perspective? Yeah, that's the question. That's the big question. You know, I wanted to, when I first started writing The Call of the Wild and Free, I thought that I might call it reclaiming the wonder of childhood because that was really my passion. And I didn't consider myself an expert in education by any means. But I think that through homeschooling and knowing that Wild and Free drew so many homeschooling families. I mean, that's what we were doing. So that's what they wanted to connect on. Like, how do we do this when we're not just sitting down with the curriculum every single day and managing our children's time, their activities, their education from the time they get up? I mean, that's exhausting to me. I can't imagine that life, but that's because I'm not gifted in management or teaching or any of those things. So for me, it was all about experiences and connection. And um, I think that, um, you know, Pam Leo says this, and she says it about parenting in her book, Connection Parenting. But when we, when we, when we come into relationship with our children, whether it's learning or over a behavioral issue or whatever it is, when we come with connection first, then we don't have to resort to coercion. And so I, you know, it's convicting because, you know, how many times do I want to be like, 
look, I've tried the connection thing today with you. It didn't work. So just go do this. You know, <laughs> like it just comes down to at some point you want to just be able to exert your parental authority <laughs> that you feel is your right. So um, it's not that any of us do this perfectly, um, but it's something to always bring back to the forefront of our minds. And when we're, we're focusing on the relationship and the connection and the experience that we're having together, um, I think that we don't have to do so much of the course, the coercion. So, yeah. And it just comes naturally because you're living and kids are learning through living. And I think that mm-hmm. the more experiences that we have like that, the more we learn that we can trust it. You talk in your book a little bit about delayed learning, which I think is just a unique phrase because there's such like a wide swath of, of what's in the range. You know, it's like if some, if a baby walks at nine months, you know, and another one walks at 18 months, that's a whole lifetime. Um, Mm. So this delayed learning is such an interesting thing. You talk about how Albert Einstein didn't speak until he was three. Um, But then you say delayed learning isn't always a setback, but can be an advantage. Children, as it turns out, do better with a prolonged childhood. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of rush. Don't you feel Mm. like, you know, there's a lot of rush. There's a lot of push. Um, You know, how do we kind of, how do we kind of get, get through that and get over that mm-hmm. push and that rush and that fear, um, you know, that we're missing out on opportunities uh, for our kids? Yeah. yeah. I remember when my son, my oldest son, who I pulled out of school, but he was four years old. He was going to a four day a week um, pre-K program um, for about five hours a day. And I remember the end of the year evaluation with that teacher And she sat me down with his huge binder, this portfolio of all his work and everything that he had. This is crazy to me now as a homeschool mom, knowing like how my kids have gone through those years. And so if you're a homeschooling family. Because Annie Annie did not have a portfolio for her year portfolio. (laughs) No, but not only did he, you know, they wrote every morning. They, you know, so he could, he knew his alphabet. He wrote. Um, sentences, he could read, like all these little things, um, minimally reading, you know, he was four, um, not reading, reading, but sounds and all of that he could write his name. Um, they practiced the date numbers, but then all of these crafts and all the other things that were in there. And she told me that she recommended that Wyatt do another year of pre-K, like five, it's called I, I don't know what it was called, but it's like a full, full week pre-K program. And then I should hold him back from kindergarten. So I'm thinking in my head, because I went to kindergarten and it was just, I remember learning. I remember, I still remember even some of the projects we did. It was, I lived in a little, I just walked to the kindergarten house that was um, like a block from my house. And I just remember there was lots of arts and crafts. I remember we did some writing and reading. I remember we got to take turns taking the class guinea pig home for the weekend. And it was this big highlight of my life. Um, And I just thought this is crazy. Like who holds a child back from kindergarten? Isn't kindergarten just an extension of pre-K or preschool? And she said, it's just too rigorous these days. Hmm. And I really feel like why it would benefit from having. And at the time I thought, what is she saying about my child? But in retrospect, I remember she really, I think, wanted to gift Wyatt another year of childhood. Wow. And knowing that, 
I did put him in kindergarten. We ended up moving and he did go to kindergarten. He did fine. But, um, it, you know, it, he's the one that I pulled out two years later. So, um, to give him back his childhood. Um, but I think that there's just this rushing where in, in that story, <laughs> the point of that story was to say that, you know, what we remember as kindergarten is not kindergarten today. And right now, yeah preschool is a preparation for kindergarten, kindergarten is a preparation for first grade and so on. And that is how we have um, really fast-tracked childhood is that it's not just childhood because there's all these amazing experiences that they need to have for their brains to grow and develop, that there's all these um, activities they should be participating in that are really natural to them, like um, being outside, climbing trees, walking, balancing on logs, fallen logs, swinging, all the things that grow and develop their brains are the things that kids do naturally. And it, it you know, without having a, in a fully developed vestibular system in their brain, they, they're missing all of these key things that help them become great learners later. So by taking away their childhood um, in the name of preparing them for adulthood is actually hindering them from having a healthy and more successful and full adulthood. So, um, and that doesn't even count like all the studies that they've done on learning and delayed learning when kids don't learn formal maths until the age of 10, they know numbers, they're introduced to that. It's an organic lifestyle. They can learn everything that they need to do to catch up. And they've done this all the way. Peter Gray talks about a study in his book, Free to Learn, but they do a study all the way up through middle school and the kids that had no formal math or language arts up until middle school were behind compared to the other kids that had, that had not only caught up in six months, they had surpassed and scored higher than the kids that had had the formal education. So yes, they do look and perhaps even score behind the other kids, but there is this catching up that is possible once their brains are developed enough to learn at that, you know, think about how many times we had to learn the multiplication tables like year after year in the drills, but how easy it is for a kid to pick it up once they're a little bit older. You know, right. when we start in right. young, we have to, we have to work on the repetition, Yeah, but they need less repetition. Mm -hmm. And it takes more time. I like what you said about, mm -hmm. you know, we think it's a gift to fit it all in, but really it's a gift to pull back. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. a gift to just give them, like you said, that that teacher, she was trying to give an extra year, an extra year of fun. I want to talk about, okay, can we talk about entrepreneurship? Just because this okay, is yeah. a unique thing since we're both on here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're both kind of just like barreling forward. Um, you know, entrepreneurship, I, this is kind of actually a little bit of my heart, which doesn't necessarily have to do with getting outside. But that entrepreneurship has been such a different experience for me than I ever imagine that it would, um, in that it has opened up other opportunities, both for my kids and for other people, um, mm -hmm. which is such a beautiful thing. And I was not expecting. And so, um, can you, can you talk a little bit about, um, how wild and free opens the door for different mothers? You say, my heart has always been to create a space for women to become respected thought leaders. And I mm -hmm. love this about wild and free. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, People ask all the time, why is Wild and Free just for moms? And I say, it's not, it's for families. I mean, it is for everyone. But the reason why I started featuring moms as the speakers and 
um, content creators for the bundles is because I wanted to just have the moms who were actually doing these things in their homes share what they were doing. So, you know, I, you know, I talk with, you know, so many of like the, the veteran homeschooling moms of the convention world that, you know, raise their children in that and in some of the speakers that come through, but there is this idea that there are homeschooling experts and then there's everybody that comes to learn. And I really wanted to everyone to know that they are the expert in their home and that they are doing amazing things back when Instagram was simply sharing what we were doing. And yeah, maybe it was the highlight reel, you know, like it is, but they, you know, I saw these moms doing really amazing things. Some were super creative and crafty. And I think of Leah Damon, who creates these beautiful handcraft tutorials for Wild and Free, or Naomi Ovando, who creates these um, beautiful images because she's such a gifted photographer and her kids are super um, just creative and have all these unique interests, you know, like raising monarch butterflies or whatever it is, um, whittling or... Um, then there was the moms that just were amazing adventures, you know, whether it's Nicole Holes who like literally throws her kids in the car every single week and is off on some adventure doing something crazy. Um, or, you know, the moms that were really, um, intentional about, um, you know, uh, what is it like, pre you know, er preserving the earth or really being consci conscientious about the choices that they made as a family that honored, you know, um, their values and um, the other ones that really were connecting with their kids in amazing ways or dealing with special needs or whatever it was. I just saw all these moms that had their unique giftings. And I thought, these are the moms I want to hear from. You know, I want to learn from each of them in some way. I want to become more creative. I want to become more adventurous. I want to become, you know, whatever it is. So to learn from those people, not to be threatened by their gifts because I didn't have them, but really to be poured into by them. And so creating wild and free where we share all these, you know, mothers who are actually in the trenches um, doing these yeah. things was really a huge part of my heart. And it's just been amazing to see, um, you know, how wild and free has been able to bless these moms as well, you know, by using yes. their gifts. And I mean, I think that's, that's the thing, which is, you know, I think, you know, to be an entrepreneur, to step out to do anything new is really scary. And, you know, you're afraid to fail and you're afraid to be embarrassed and, and you do fail and you are embarrassed and those things happen. Um, but yeah. then what happens is that you realize that, you know, there's this sort of ripple effect. And so, and so these moms that you're talking about are highlighted, um, in, in these four books, uh, Wild and Free Nature, 25 Outdoor Adventures. And, and you highlight these different moms and their photography um, and their expertise. And each one is just different. And so and it's just like an encouragement, I think, for people that when they're scared to step forward into whatever their calling is, you know, that they're feeling this and they're scared mm -hmm. to know that they don't, you don't know who else you're going to affect and who else you're going to maybe be able to lift up. Um, so, so what was the path to these four books? Did they all come out? They're so cool. Did they all come out at the same time? And I just, I'm just showing, cause this is going to be on YouTube too. You know, you've got like 28 of the most, you know, favored books here. 
you know, Anne of Green Gables and all these beautiful books and, and how to have a, a book club and everyone's dressed up. I mean, this is the cutest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It draws you in. You know, you're like, oh, just, I want, I want yeah. to do that. So, how? So, tell us about these four. There's the nature. Yeah. There's book club. There's holidays, and there's handcrafts. These four books, I love them so much. And the reason I love them is because they are an example of this community using their gifts and how Wild and Free has been able to harness that and to. Um, bring them to the world. So these are all wild and free contributors. They've been contributing to the bundles over the past seven years, um, some really consistently, some off and on. Uh, but we just put together a compilation of all of um, the different ways. And it's interesting because when I started homeschooling, I didn't know um, what I was doing. Um, I was really just trying to give my child his, you know, his childhood and to see, I didn't know if it was possible to restore wonder. You know, the reason I wrote the book was really to give people that hope. I had no idea if what had been lost in my son um, could be reclaimed. And what I discovered is that it could. And it didn't come because I brought him home and sat him down in front of a curriculum and told him to do his work. It came because of the um, lifestyle and the family culture that we set up to be, you know, to have a lot of freedom, to have a lot of time to play, to chase curiosities, um, to read books together. So at the beginning of each year, I sat down not to plan out our curriculum, although curriculum is really fun to look at and to buy. (laughs) I have bought many, many curriculums, Um, a lot of them that I never ended up using, some that I do. Um, But each year I sit down and I think before I ever get to subjects, I think what experiences do I want my kids to have this year? Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do but I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last-minute get-together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chops hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chops' price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com outside120 and use code OUTSIDE120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code OUTSIDE120 at goodchop.com slash OUTSIDE120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash OUTSIDE120 code OUTSIDE120. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. 
this spring. Transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. Huh. And, you know, for example, one of the very first years was that I loved literature. I loved books growing up. I didn't love all living books. I loved all sorts of books. I liked stories. Um, I liked um, all, you know, just reading. And so I wanted my kids to love reading, but I didn't want to just assign reading because I something told me that would definitely make sure that some of my kids did not like reading. Um, so I thought, how do I help my kids fall in love with books? Well, I help them fall in love with the stories and I do that through experiences. So by hosting book clubs and getting their friends to come, I could make it a community affair. You know, if their friends think books are cool, then, then maybe they will too. So, you know, we, we hosted our very first book club based on the little house on the prairie series. And we just invited all their friends and their friends were inspired to read the book and um, having never read them. And it just kind of took off from there. So all of these four books are kind of compilations of um, the values of Wild and Free. So what sort of became the Wild and Free curriculum for me was um, books, nature, play, curiosity, and wonder. So the goal was that those books would really be practical guides to help foster um, those different areas that kind of create the wild and free way I mean this book look at this cover I mean these are phenomenal Ainsley and then you open it up and there's Amber it's like all our friends are in here it's the coolest thing ever (laughs) so I mean just look at this and then I mean this setup this is um you know some I think that some books make you feel bad about yourself like oh and then some books are like oh I want to have a fuller life you know, yeah. and that's how these are. So here's the little house in the big woods. And then you have all these activities. You know, how are you going to set it up? What are the discussion questions? Homemade butter, drop the clothespin game, tin lanterns. I mean, like this, I'm like, this is what I want to be doing with my life. I mean, these are, um, I mean, they're phenomenal. Uh, I just love them. And so this is the thing about, you know, entrepreneurship is that now, you know, you have all these things out in the world. Um, when you said at the beginning, you didn't even know what you were doing. I like what you say in the book too. You know, there's like that 10,000 hour thing Mm, to be an expert. Yeah. And what do you say? You say by age five or something like that, you've spent 10,000 hours. You've spent spent 10,000 hours with your child. I mean, give or take, it just really depends, I guess, on whether or not you've had to um, yeah, has, so you're you the know. expert. And then I feel like at that point is when you feel like you're not the expert, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, they, you know, they need to do this or, you know, they've got to get ready for these testings or different things. But I love that you said that, that 10,000 hours. You Talking about books, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce the name right, but I loved, I loved the story. You'll be able to pronounce the name. It was one of my favorite stories in, in The Call of the Wild and Free. Um, about a college professor that you had, an English college professor, um, who would come up and just talk about books she read. Do you know what story I'm yes. talking about? Oh, yeah. Can you tell us? Can you tell us about her? 
Yeah. So her name was is uh, in uh, when I was in university. Her name she was a um, English education professor. So I decided I was going to major in English education, which would then teach to you would teach English to high school students. Um, But as soon as I declared that major, all my classes had to do with education and not English anymore. So this is just the backstory. (laughs) So I get into this, um, this professor's class, Dr. Roskelly, her first name was Hepzibah. But I went to go see her in her office one day. And I said, Dr. Roskelly. And she said, she took my arm and she said, call me Hepsi. And I remember thinking, well, I'm going to name my daughter Hepsi one day. (laughs) Because she was just so sweet and humble. But um, she came into class every day. And you know, we, we had kind of a syllabus and I had my notebook and my pen and paper out to take notes, but every day she would just get up and it didn't matter if it started with a conversation with a student about, have you ever, who's read this book? And then somebody chimes in and then she talks and she might ask a couple questions and then she would share about the storyline and just really captivating the way she told the stories made me want to read every single book. Um, But at the end of class, I always felt like, oh my gosh, she just spent the 50 minutes talking about this book and we never actually got to the do anything. (laughs) Yeah. So there was a few different assignments. Like we had to transcribe something. We had to tell a story into a a recorder and then we had to transcribe it um, just how it was told. So what I realized at the end is that it was this, the class was called teaching high school literature or teaching literature to high school students, something like that, really boring and basic. But at the end, I realized that what she had done was inspired us to be storytellers, whether it was recording our own story about an event into that and then transcribing it so that it would be exactly how we told the story, not how we would write a paper or how she would get up and inspire us about these novels. Um, I was determined in that moment to become a better storyteller, to become somebody who not only loved literature, but helped other people fall in love with stories. And so I changed my major from English education to just English so that I could actually take the literature classes um, just to have that experience. I could have done that on my own. I realize this now, but I was a traditionally schooled person who went through high school and then went to university and had to declare a major. So um, that's what I did. I thought I'm going to, I'm going to learn from these people that teach English. I never had another professor like her. Um, so she was really, um, the shining star of my, um, college experience, but that was really inspiring. It's unique. It's, it's a thing where you can inspire, um, when you do things, you can inspire in a lot of ways, but Mm -hmm. even when you're out of the box, you know, that you can still inspire mm-hmm. and you have become this storyteller. I mean, what a neat thing. I really enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed so much of your book, but I, I really enjoyed um, the story about Hepsi. And, you know, I think you're doing a similar thing. Like you're helping people fall in love with life and um, just by telling stories and by sharing people's experiences. Ainsley, you're like peeling back an onion. Uh, it's just like one thing and then the next thing, and then, you know, all of these things. So, uh, you know, you have these beautiful five books, Call of the Wild and Free, Reclaiming Wonder in Your Child's Education. I think worth it really for any parent to read, um, no matter your parenting journey, because, um, you know, we all want to 
make sure that our kids have wonder in their education. And then you have these four other books. So if people are interested which are just such a cool set. I mean, this would make the coolest gift because, you know, look at the, like, look at that. You set it right Mm -hmm. up on your shelf. Um, If people are wanting to know about, about your books and about the new one coming in August, uh, where can they find those? Well, they are sold at a lot of places. Books are sold, but bewildandfree.org slash book should be a great link to just learn about the books. And there's links to um, many different booksellers. So if you like shopping at Amazon or Barnes and Noble, but also some indie bookstores and things like that. Um, I love shopping small, but obviously there's that convenience aspect too, but um, bewildandfree.org slash book um, is a a landing place that you can kind of take it from there. Book, and, your, so. and your new book, and you can see the cover. I love it. It's available for pre-order. Um, mm-hmm. I have claimed that I have pre-ordered the first one, but maybe not. We have no idea. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're definitely claiming that. I'm going to claim you. it. Um, it's <laughs> also available, and pre-ordering helps authors so much. You know, Ainsley uh, has just um, gifted the world with with so much. Uh, knowledge, but also with so many relationships. And, and so I know pre-ordering really helps so that you can already pre-order. Um, you could be number two. <laughs> it's called Wild and Free. Nobody else can be number one. <laughs> it's called Wild and Free Family. Um, and pre-order for that's already up on Amazon. You can see the cover. Um, and it's just beautiful. And okay, but there's more though. There's more. You have a farm village. So tell us about that. Oh, goodness. Okay. The Wild and Free Farm Village is um, not, it's not, it's not a farm yet, but we're working on it. It's on, you know, we've got some farmland, we've got some forests, we've got some meadows, we have a creek flowing through it from the mountain. Um, The Wild and Free Farm Village, it's, that's a story in and of itself, but um, through great providence and all the stars aligning, we were able to purchase um, some property in the Allegheny Mountains of Virginia um, in 2019, right before the pandemic hit. Yeah. Um, but we, it's an amazing story, but we have um, a lodge, we have a, um, a old cabin that we've restored, we call it the forest cabin, but you can rent it on Airbnb. But the goal for the Wild and Free Farm Village is to bring families together in real life to experience all the wonder and nature and um, play and curiosity that you can get and to create these unforgettable memories for um, not just our children, but for Mm -hmm. um, the parents as well. And they really do create these amazing, amazing connections. Um, My girls are still asking you know, are we going to see so-and-so that was there at the last event? And, you know, why didn't we stay in, you know, why didn't we go visit them this year? You know, all these things because they make these great relationships, but um, we host family events there. We host mama retreats there. Um, There's a father and son wilderness weekends coming up this summer. Uh, We're doing fiction in the forest, which is essentially bringing the book club book to life um, for everyone to experience. Um, at Fiction in the Forest. And this year we are hosting um, a midsummer family festival in June that's going to have a lot of whimsy and wonder and just um, a lot of playful opportunities to spend in nature with 
um, with other families. So they're camping experiences, but they are unlike any other camping experience yeah. and yeah. all the meal, all the meals are provided. So it's, oh, be a that's fun, ideal. there's so many things. And like you said, the, the forest cabin itself is just on Airbnb. So if people wanted to come check out the farm village as just their own family, they can, you have, sometimes people can come with a small group, um, mm-hmm. bring your own friends, you know, and, and yeah. do their zip lining and different things. And then you have these other events that are already scheduled. Like you said, the, um, like the fiction in the forest and mm-hmm. so and the father and son. So where uh, where can people sign up for those and learn more about those events? Um, our website has all of that. So I think it's bewildandfree.org. Yep, they'll find slash it. There. Upcoming. Yeah, it's either slash upcoming, I think, or all the new events. Mm-hmm. Bewildandfree.org. Okay, there's more. There's one more. There's probably way more than one more. But you also do conferences. And mm-hmm. and I have to say that I had such a great time. Uh, you know, I'm already texting you. Is there gonna be another one? <laughs> I wanna go hang out. You know, I um I have been singing about it, not singing because I'm not good at singing, but uh, tell, talking about it everywhere that I just had such a great time coming to the Wild and Free Conference in Franklin, Tennessee. You have one coming up in Dallas. I know that they um, they fill up, uh, you know, sometimes within the day, uh, but certainly within a few days they fill up. So um, if if parents, if, if mothers are interested in those conferences, you know, they should probably be in your newsletter. You know, you got to know, you got to be in the know or you miss out. Right. So, so yeah. real quick, can you just tell us about conferences and, and how can people make sure they don't miss out? Yes. Oh my gosh. Wild and free conferences are the best. I love them. They're I love the connecting with everyone coming. It's so much fun. Well, if you've never been wild and free moms and families, they're just the best. They just, I don't know. There's just a vibe at the events. Everybody's just there. And it doesn't matter if you come alone or you come with friends, Mm. Um, you meet so many people and there's just a great energy to them. Everybody's really excited to be there. So um, Ginny was able to be there. You were there for our fall conference and you were so amazing. It was so fun. You leave like really excited about life. You know, I think that was the thing. And I think in some conferences, you know, you always are going to learn. And sometimes you just feel, you know, you learned a lot. And this one is like, you learn a lot. And also, you know, you're Mm -hmm. just so excited about, you know, life and this life that you have with your, you know, with your family. And um, there's something something about it. We just want really to experience and have all the moms experience what we kind of want for our kids, which is to be inspired in different ways to evoke wonder, to evoke, you know, heart touching moments, music, all of the things, you know, it's easy to go to a conference and be like, well, I need to leave with all the information and all the notes. And, you know, we try to provide that as well in content, but really it's about experience and and yeah, just loving life and being excited about what we're here to do and what we're called to do right now with our children. So um, we hope that it's a dose of helping you reclaim motherhood at these events. And um, the best way to stay in touch with those that do sell out fast is um, signing up for emails because they seem to go really quick when we announce that social media with algorithms and all of that is kind of hit or miss with whether or not you see it. So I say signing up for the email list. Um, We don't send out a ton of emails. And you send beautiful emails. 
about once a week, mm-hmm. right? Is a is a beautiful, encouraging, touching email. So it's a good a good email list to be on. People can go to bewildandfree.org. Mm-hmm. Um, Ainsley, this is just knowing you has been a gift, um, and knowing your family and, and getting to know your kids and getting to know Ben. Um, you know, I think I think it's an interesting thing to not have a bunch of credentials. Uh, but to still be so impactful just through your calling and just through being a mother. And, and, um, and so it's, in, it's inspiring for all of us, you know, to try new things and to take what we're learning and to share it. So I just, I'm so grateful that you came on today. Um, I'm, I'm hoping everyone, you know, in droves goes and buys these books because they're <laughs> phenomenal or get someone else to buy them for you as like a gift, you know, that put it on your, on your gift list. Um, we, we always end the podcast, Ainsley, with a favorite uh, outdoor childhood memory of yours. So do you have one you can share? Favorite outdoor childhood memory would be, um, it would probably involve just being by myself because as an extreme introvert, I found a lot of just solace and peace in nature. So um, it'd have to be when I was living in West Point, New York. And we had a little hill. We just lived in, we had a little alley behind all of our townhomes, but we, across the alley was a hill that I used to think was this giant mountain, but it was wooded and there was a giant boulder just about five or six feet up behind the hill. And I just, I mean, I just would sit on the boulder uh, for hours on end. And it's where I just, I don't know, it's where I found a lot of peace. It's where I would read books. It's where I would wait for the dinner bell. So that's- I love I love that. It's the boulder. <laughs> it's the boulder. You know, it's like we feel like we have to give our kids so much, but they just really need a boulder. <laughs> that's also a big it's thing. So true. Yeah. I know. It's like, you yeah. know, Scott Sampson, How to Raise a Wild Child, when he talks about how, you know, the big trips are great, but children just need little doses of nature close to home daily. And those are the ones that yeah. leave the, those deep impressions we say in our heart, but really it's the impressions, the grooves in their brain that form how they think about the world and, um, and, you know, creates the, lays the groundwork for their imagination. So love that. It's so beautiful. And the pressure's off. We just need a boulder. It is. I know. Um, Anywhere where you can use your imagination. So I love that Carla Hannaford, I think is the one that said that the imagination is, really the child's soul and I love that because um it is it's when you can really connect you feel it on a soul level I think yeah for sure well Ainsley thank you so much for your time I can't wait to see you at a conference this year we'll see you at the farm Josh I know is coming um to men of the woods he's so excited about that in June so we will definitely be at your events and we're getting the books and um, I'm just so thankful yeah. to know you and thank you for all that you're doing for moms and for families. Thank you, Jenny. Thanks for all that you do. Getting the 1000 hours outside movement is incredibly inspiring and you are too. I just adore you. I can't wait for us to get together with our families again. Millie talks about winning yeah. nonstop. So I know, I know. I know. they connected. It's that so sweet, sweet little connection is just just so fun so it's everything it's everything so those are the things that you never know when you step out is you don't know how you're going to impact you know those around you and and also your children so thanks Thanks, Ainsley for inspiring all of us thank you
No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 